I'm Ryan Jones. And I'm Ashton Yanez. And you're listening to the Stampede Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Stampede. Ryan Jones, along with my good friend Ashton Yanez. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, it was a good weekend of football. That is that is true. It was a, a great weekend of football. Oh yeah, good for us too. Uh, Raider fan, Bronco fan. Somehow they are atop of the AFC West. Somehow. Yeah, we somehow know they're top two in the AFC West. Top two, not just like one and three, not just one and four, not even just two and four. Both two and zero. Oh. One and two. Yeah, both 2-0, basically tied for first in division. I don't know what the actual standings are. I mean, I could check on it right now. Um, according to NFL.com, the Raiders are ahead of the Broncos. They have scored more points, basically. That's, I will that's enjoy how it being number one in the division Cause we, we last. Yeah, you and I both know it's not going to last, and the I'm, Chiefs I'm, and the Chargers are both going to overtake I'm, us. <laughs> I'm still not buying on the fact that the Raiders are now good all of a sudden. I, I still think, like every year... There's always those one or two games that we shouldn't have won. One of them always being on prime time, Monday football, Monday mm-hmm. night football, and then all of a sudden we go on like a seven, seven game losing streak, and then the rest of the season it's a bunch of flip coin games where the other team chokes. Yeah, well, we uh, on our picks this week we actually did better than we did last week. Uh, my current record standing at twenty one and eleven, so nice, I'll, way above five hundred. Uh, you are 19 and 13, just two games behind me. Not too shabby. Um, that the one game that we did pick differently this week, I picked the Panthers to upset the Saints, and they did. Excellent um, choice. Yeah, we're actually going to start with the Panthers, uh, the Carolina Panthers Thursday night football, who are two and zero, traveling to Houston to take on the one and one Texans. Who knew the Texans would have a win this season? You know, being it's against the Jaguars, but. Um, let's talk about Carolina, man. Um, they uh, they upset the Saints this week, shut them out. Well, not shut them out. The uh, Saints scored once, but twenty six to seven, pretty much dominant performance. Carolina's offense looks good. Sam Darnold, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson really didn't do anything in this game, um, as you know, right? Fantasy purposes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for reminding me there, Ryan. Hey, I, I lost this weekend too, so it's not it's like... It's okay. I'm still not giving up on him, especially against the Texans. Oh, no. I He's a definite start there for the Texans. Every Christ, every, every Panther, Panther is. Should be like, I, I would start Sam Darnold this week if I was if I didn't have Tom Brady. Um, That's true. So, Carolina's defense, forcing a few interceptions from Jameis. Jameis Winston kind of reverted back to what he was. Man, you know, I tweeted about it during the game. I talked about it last week on the podcast. This Carolina Panthers team, man, is looking legit. They they really are, and it's funny because you know on the on the one side, this Panthers team, as you said, they're definitely you know a little bit more experienced now, but they still have all that young talent, and they've even acquired more. Um, and then on the other side, it's like somehow 2019 Jameis Winston came back for this game. And not last, uh, last game, he looked like Drew Brees. And in this game, he looked like the Jameis Winston that we've seen when he first entered the league and back even just in 2019. So it's kind of weird to see the Panthers 
win that much. I thought it was going to be a close game and that the Panthers definitely had a chance to win it. I didn't think they'd obliterate the Saints, especially when they were coming off a dominant win against the Packers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just I'm just happy for the Panthers, man. I really like everybody there involved. Matt Rule, I'm glad that Sam Darnold's now in a place where he has a good coach and good offense and a growing defense on the other side of the ball. Christian McCaffrey, I've watched him play since he was a Stanford running back, so I'm definitely you and happy me both, for him. Yeah. He was awesome at Stanford. Uh, you know, for DJ Moore and Ro- and Robbie Anderson to be there as well, I mean, it just kind of helps show the how complete this team is. Even though only Christian McCaffrey really stands out as, like, a top NFL star, everyone else on this team is still good. They're all somewhere between the top 10, top 15 in their position. Yeah, DJ Moore doesn't really get the recognition he deserves um, and in the grand scheme of things in the NFL. He's never looked at it or talked about as one of the top guys in the NFL, but he, he produces year in and year out, had eight catches, almost 80 yards, you know, 79 yards, averaging almost 10 yards of catching. Yeah, caught a touchdown in this game. Um, yeah, DJ Moore is one of the uh, names you need to know if you're new to watching NFL football or just don't pay attention to the Carolina Panthers. This team's legit. Um, they are seven and a half point favorites. That's it? Um, over the Texans. Is it because they've actually played decent these last two weeks? Yeah, um, and th- that's on the road too. So I think that kind of goes into why they're only mm. favored by seven so and a half. Houston, got it. Yeah, I would. And honestly, Houston has actually kind of surprised us these last few weeks. But no Tyrod Taylor for this game. I was gonna say Davis if, Mills. If Tyrod Taylor was in the game, I would have started to believe about that seven point differential. If Mills is for sure the starter, yes, I is. think it should be like thirteen and a half point, you know, favorites. Um, to give you an idea, I believe the Bucks were favored by eleven and a half against the Falcons last week. Right, and um, they definitely covered that. Um, but yeah, I think that the reason for the seven and a half points is because I don't know if everyone believes in the Panthers like you and I do. Um, you have to remember who they've played. That's true. They played Jameis Winston, although it is the Saints organization, so you know they're a well-coached team, and they've played the Jets, who are probably going to start 0-3 because they're playing Denver this week. So, um, you know, I'm going to take the Panthers by about 100 points this week. (laughs) Um, Panthers by a mile in this game. Um, People, I think, after tonight, because it's going to be a national primetime game, Thursday night football, I think people are going to start to wake up on the Panthers because I think the Panthers are going to go in here. I would imagine this is going to be one of those Christian McCaffrey games. Um, Darnold's probably going to look the best he ever has. Uh, I'm taking Carolina by a mile. What about you? Um, yeah, I, I also have the Panthers gain the dub. I'll, I'll give a more precise uh, odds, win, whatever you want to call it. Do you think they – I'll uh, say over 13 and a half. 13 and a half. Okay. So you, you think it's about a two-touchdown game? I think so. Okay. Um, next game, let's move on to the Sunday morning games. The Chargers, who are one and one at the Kansas City Chiefs, who are also 1-1. One and one. Ooh, Yeah, I, this I, is this is going to be a great game. Yeah, uh, two of the best be that the AFC have to offer. Uh, the Chiefs are favored by 6.5 points, so a little bit under a touchdown. Um, I think this is going to be a very, very close game. Yeah, I think it's Both teams be. actually lost this week. Uh, the Chargers to the Cowboys on a last-second field goal. We both got that game wrong. Yeah. And the Chiefs were... Upset, you know, I'm going to put quotations in the air, upset by the, Raven, by the Ravens, but 
if we're being honest, the Ravens are one of the top tier teams in the NFL, one of the competing teams in the AFC. Are, I, I'm, I don't. The way they played la- like the week before against my Raiders, by the way, I, I kind of lowered them a bit. So mm-hmm. a part of me wants to say that, yay, that like, hey, maybe the, the NFL competition is a little bit more wide open now because this team beat this team and that team beat that team. But I think it is. In reality, it's too early for me to believe that. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. Um, it's too early. Are you kidding me? The Chargers often. I have to be hesitant. We we we've known that uh, Dallas doesn't have the greatest defense going. You know, no. they lost to Marcus Lawrence. They don't have that strong of a secondary outside of Trevon Diggs, who had an interception in this game. Um, Chargers offense only put up 17 points on this Dallas defense, who just lost to Marcus Lawrence. Um, they're not even playing Micah Parsons where he needs to be played at linebacker. They're having him be more of an edge rusher because they lost to Marcus Lawrence. Um, the Chargers defense, though, the only allowed 20 points to a very talented Dallas offense. Yeah. So there's positives and negatives to look at if you're a Chargers fan. The Chargers also had two touchdowns off the board because of penalties. One illegal formation, I think, or an illegal shift. It was a... Yeah, it was one of those, but a lot of people were upset. I mean, they a lot of yeah. people personally think that the refs kind of just blew that game. Yeah, um, especially Steven. But, uh, <laughs> Our boy Steven, who's a Chargers fan. Yeah. Um, shout out to him, weekly listener to the podcast. Weekly listener? Yes. Uh, yeah, so the – man, it's just so tough to predict this game. I'll say Chiefs, and they'll win I'm by saying, four. I'm saying Chiefs, last second field goal for I the think, win. I think it'll be some 17-13 or 20-16, to 16, something weird. I'm going to go the opposite way and say this is a high-scoring affair. Both teams in the 30s. Um, I just don't know if – the Chiefs' run defense is just so bad, and we saw that against the Ravens. But Okay, how about 28-24? The, the Chargers just don't have – they don't I think have Chiefs will win. I think this game will be close. I think it's going to be very close too. I'm going to say Chiefs left last second field goal. Um, they bounce back. The Chargers fall to one and two. But I, if you're a Chargers fan, don't be worried. Your team looks fine. Your team looks good. Um, so we both taking the Chiefs there. Yep. Arizona, two and zero, traveling to Jacksonville to take on the zero and two Jaguars. This game is probably going to be very lopsided. I, yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be pretty ugly. And it doesn't help that the Cardinals actually didn't play that well against Minnesota. I mean, that they could have lost that game. Yeah, In fact, if, they should have. If you look had at, Minnesota had an average kicker. Yeah, if you look at the box score and look at the score, you would think that this was a great shootout, which it was. Um, Arizona is favored by seven. Only because Kyler threw two picks, though. Kyler threw two picks. Uh, Arizona's just very sloppy. A lot of penalties. Um, if they weren't that messy, I mean, that game against Minnesota should have been not, you know, not, what was the score? It was like a one-point game, right? 34-30. Uh, 30. 30, 30. That, that should have been like 34-17, not, yeah, not 34-30. So I think Arizona's going to really clean up right off the bat. Kyler Murray's going to have a lot, uh, a lot smoother game, not be as, like, daring to throw the ball across his body and stuff. And, yeah, I feel so sorry for the Jaguars because I don't know. I just don't see them stopping Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Well, this is in Jacksonville, which is why the line is probably is only seven points. Um, it's at least 16 for me. <laughs> 16, wow. At least. Oh, I'm, I'm giving these more, like, 
not necessarily realistic, but conservative type of score differentials. Because there's, let's face it, there's been times where we were just off score-wise. Like, we thought Washington was going to blow out the Giants. Yeah. And that's, that was a one-point game. Fair, that was a very good game. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. Um, the Jags' offense only scored one time against Denver's defense. Um, granted, we don't really know how good Denver's defense is yet because they haven't really played a good offense. Um, I think that the score looks a little better for the Jaguars-Broncos game just because the uh, the Jaguars return like a last-second fourth-quarter yeah. kick return after Denver just scored. Like so. they, just like how they had a last-second score. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was the Giants that had a last-second score against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, so Denver's defense has been dominant. We'll talk about Denver a little later, obviously. But, man, I just think this is going to be such a lopsided game. It should be. The Cardinals just – I hope they can clean up the sloppiness because when they play a good team, when they play their division, yeah, they're Which not going to have – Yeah, they're not going to have that kind of luck. And if you play that sloppy, you're going 0-6 in your division. And that's not a playoff spot. We're both taking the cards by yep. 100. Something like that. Yeah. The 1-1 one one Chicago Bears traveling to Cleveland to take on the 1-1 one one Browns. A little bit of a scare in that game when Baker Mayfield got banged up a little bit. Yeah. Threw a pick, trying to make a tackle. Um, looked like he hurt his non-throwing shoulder in that one, but he returned the game. He finished 19 for 21. Very efficient. Two, over 200 yards passing, a touchdown. Nick Chubb did his thing. Kareem Hunt did his thing. Demetric Felton, one of my guys from the draft out of UCLA, did his thing. He did. It, it, he's the perfect Kareem Hunt replacement for when Kareem Hunt signs a big-term deal somewhere else this this offseason. And it annoys me as a Nick Chubb fantasy owner that the one thing that's preventing Nick Chubb from having, like, 20% more of the reps is that he's not catching the ball as much as these other two running backs are. So I'm happy for Felton. Not happy for my fantasy, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, we might end up... You know, there there's a there's a point in you know, I, I do I want to eventually get into some fantasy football for the podcast and do all that stuff. But at this point, we're right. only we're only recording and posting once a week here, uh, every Thursday. So, you know, we'll just add our little fantasy notes yep. here and there. I, yeah, just a little chip shot. Yeah. Uh, uh, game wise, I think this game going gonna be pretty. Well, physical. Justin Fields will make his first start this week. That's true. I Andy mean, Dalton got hurt. Um, I think it's going to be really physical just because, you know, one, yeah, Justin Fields, super athletic. I know he's going to do his thing. But I think with Matt Nagy offensively, they're going to try and smooth him into the offense, especially as he's getting more and more reps. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot of run game, game planning on both sides for both Chicago and Cleveland. I mean, we see Cleveland already trying to establish the run before Baker Mayfield sets up the play action, stuff like that. And so... This game's going to be pretty physical. I mean, Chicago's defense from top to bottom, it's pretty solid. Yeah, Secondary is young but still talented. Jalen Johnson from uh, Utah, second-year player. Um, he's actually pretty – we're actually pretty familiar with him because he used to play high school football just, what, a couple blocks from where we're at? Yeah, Central, um, right? Central High School in Fresno, California. Um, anywho – I think this game's just going to be physical. I mean, you're going to see a lot of man-to-man. You're going to see a lot of deception on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. I mean, you're going to see all kinds of uh, just physical plays where both teams are going to have to earn every yard. 
this is not the game that I wanted uh, Justin Fields to make his first start. No. Because oh, well. this Cleveland defense hasn't really lived up to the hype yet, but later, but you know, each week I think they're going to get better. Um, you're going to ask the Chicago Bears offensive line, which isn't really that good, to stop Miles Garrett, stop Jadavon Clowney, yeah, and protect ex- your rookie quarterback. Exactly. This is not the game that I wanted Justin Fields to start because, you know, I I was one of the rare uh, Justin Field truthers. I had him as my QB one coming into this draft, our last off season, and after this. Sunday, he's not going to look like he's should have he should have been QB one because I think Cleveland is just going to destroy the Bears. I think this is going to be a bloodbath. Um, now maybe Cle- uh, the Chicago Bears defense can live up to the hype a little bit more and uh, you know play with the Browns. But as we've seen, I I don't know if anybody can stop the Browns offense. This Browns offense is too loaded. They did lose Jarvis Landry. Right, but that it's not like wide receiver was even a strength of theirs to begin with. Um, this is a run first play action team. Baker's looking great this season. Um, Browns are favored by seven and a half. I would take the under on that. I think it's going to be a closer game than that. Maybe a six point, four point, five point game, um, which I know contradicts from what I said. But this, I think the score will be close, but. When you go back, watch the game tape, watch the game live, it'll be evident that the ba- that the Browns were the clear better team. Yeah, I th- well, I think the Browns are already a better team anyway, just because they do have that a, a veteran quarterback who's still young and talented, and you have the established run game, and you have these various running backs who can all do different jobs, which levels up, you know, or expands the playbook for Cleveland. And so it'll be a little bit easier for them to earn the yards against Chicago's defense. I still think it'll be a physical game. That being said, score-wise, I'd say the Browns will probably win probably around by like seven and a half or probably like eight or more points. You know, this could be one of those games where like an awkward couple field goals makes the score a little different, you know, not 17-10. Well, that's kind of my thought process. My my thought process is that the Browns kind of dominate the whole game and then Chicago gets like a late score to make it look closer than it is, which is why I'm going to take the under. I'll just say Browns win. I, I think scoring could be anywhere just because the Chicago defense, when they step up, I mean, this game can get close. We're both taking the Browns on that one. The Washington football team, 1-1, one one, traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills, who are 1-1 one and one as well. The Bills definitely bounce back, um, killing the Dolphins 35 nothing. I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 35 nothing. Uh, Tua got hurt in that game, so it might have been a little different. But for being honest, I don't think there's a big difference between Tua and Jacoby Brissett. So, yeah, and the Washington football team. Let's talk about that Giants game. Man, Heineke showed out. He did. I'm uh, glad he did. I, I assumed he would, too, just because I never lost faith in him, even after the, the playoffs last season. And so it's great to see that he was still playing at a good level and making – throws when he had to make them, making decisions, the right decisions, all that good stuff. I mean, he's proven to be a leader on that team, and all the players respect him. Ron Rivera respects him. And as I said last week, I was like, Washington's used to having a C-plus, B-minus rated quarterback anyway, and so really losing Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't as big as a deal as everyone thought in the league because, yeah, usually if you lose your starting quarterback, it's kind of a big deal. Not if you're Washington. Not when you haven't found your 
ideal starting quarterback in what the last oh I don't know what seven six it's years? been a while like, since they've been, had Kirk Cousins like, yeah like since Kirk Cousins since RG three like they it's yeah it's just a, a mess in Washington on the quarterback you know room so I'm glad Heike's playing the way he is because he does seem like a guy that can that you can work with. Uh, you know, while you're either trying to rebuild all around or if you're trying to get some draft capital later on to maybe go up in the next year's draft or the following draft to get a quarterback. Yeah, I don't so, I don't know what their plan is for the long term. I have no idea either. Rivera, you know, the thing about – Rivera came out and said that the way they want to build this team is how the Bills did with Josh Allen. Right. They, uh, they build the roster, build the roster, build the roster, have everything be good, and then get the quarterback – Usually it works the opposite way. You draft the quarterback and then the rebuild kind of begins and whatnot. Um, I actually am a fan of the the way the Bills did it. You know, yeah. They got this stacked-ass roster, and then they bring in Josh Allen, who takes a few years to develop, but when he got good, the Bills were very good, right? Um, Washington's defense, though, they, they kind of surprised they me. They were playing too soft. That's my thing. And if they play that soft this week, I mean – Josh Allen is not scared to use his legs, people. Yeah, if Daniel Especially Jones. Especially if Chase Young is, like, getting to him in less than two seconds. Like, Josh is not afraid to run. So, Washington defensively needs to step up if, if they want to stay in this game. And I'm sure Miami was saying the same thing by the fourth quarter against Buffalo. Yeah, the, the defense for Washington kind of hasn't lived up to the hype yet. We thought this was going to be arguably the best defense in the NFL, and they let Daniel, jo- Daniel Jones rush for – damn near 100 yards on him. So if, if Daniel Jones is going to be rushing for 95 yards, I would expect Josh Allen to break the quarterback rushing right. single-game record. You know again, what I mean? Yeah, like, again, if Washington plays the same way defensively, coverage-wise, Josh Allen will probably have a century mark in rushing yards yeah, that's what on I'm saying. Sunday. Yeah, exactly, which is – Crazy to me. The Bills are favored by nine points. I would definitely take the under. I think this is going to be a closer game, a defensive battle. Because um, I think the defense finally does live up to the hype. It I think should. the Bill. I'm going to say the Bills win by a field goal. That that'd be. I think it'd be a 24 to 21 kind of ball game. Um, Washington does fall under 500 if they lose this. Both teams actually do. I'll They're both say, one one. I'll say four point. So plus three and a half. You're going what minus three and a half, right? Because you're saying three point. Yeah, I'm gonna say Bills by field goal. Okay, so I'll I'll say four point. Um, but yeah, I also see the Bills. Just you know, I mean they once once they I mean they probably watched the tape already against Washington and the Giants. But once they realize that Washington at times might be playing soft in coverage, you know, even if Washington improves coverage wise and actually presses a little bit more or does a little bit more man to man. They'll, they'll figure it out. I mean, yeah. Josh Allen's one of the most talented quarterbacks already in the NFL. And they got and one on of the best. on top of that, he's got Stephon Diggs. He's got Emmanuel Sanders. He's got Cole Beasley. He has all these wide receivers that are that already know what routes they're going to run, that already know how to create separation, that are already going to find holes in Washington's defense one way or another. And so Josh is already in a perfect set to call the right plays or make the right adjustments even after the snap. Colts are 0-2, traveling to Tennessee to take on the 1-1 Titans. Um, Colts lost to the Rams. Titans beat the Seahawks on a big comeback. 
King Henry has returned. He has. He had a huge game. The king has returned to his castle and is back to leading the league in rushing yards. Yeah, 35 carries for King Henry, averaging five yards a play, three touchdowns, 182 yards on the ground. Um, he averaged about seven and a half yards on the ground in the second half. My thought, I, I think that the the Seahawks just kind of gave him this game. It was, God, Seattle's so inconsistent. We'll talk about Seattle in a little bit. Um, they, where do they go? It's, it's Seattle been, plays the Vikings this week, so it's going to be the the battle of teams that just give away games. Apparently, right. Well, it's it's going to be a redemption week for a lot of these teams because we're seeing teams that should be two and zero or one and one, and then we have teams that are that should be one and one or zero and two, and they're somehow two and zero. Yeah, like the Raiders and Broncos, for example. <laughs> well, Broncos actually the Broncos haven't played because it. they play the Giants and the Jags, yeah. so they're the one team that actually gets the pass on this. Yeah, Denver has not played a good schedule whatsoever. But, uh, Colts and Titans game is weird because you have the Titans who got demolished by the Cardinals, but then bounced back, went to Seattle, and beat the Seahawks. Then you have the Colts who unfortunately had to play also back-to-back NFC West teams. You know, they played the the Seahawks actually week one at home, lost, and then they had to play the Rams, which I think was that at home as well. They had to play the Rams at home, yeah. Um, and now they're on loss. It get, was a close game. Yeah, it was a close game, but man, it shouldn't have. But it was a close game, and so you're like, where does the AFC South actually stand in regards to the NFL? Because they're they're hanging on with these NFC West teams that we all agree are. You know, all four of these teams will somehow, one way or another, will either be in the playoffs or be in the wild hunt in the playoffs still by week 17, week 18. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know which AFC South team is better at this point. They're definitely the top two, Texans and Jaguars. They're <laughs> Obviously. You know, yeah, they're there. But Well, you know, the Texans are technically in first. In that division, so they are. I'll. I'll <laughs> you know what? I'm. I'm going to say. I'm going to say the Titans get the win. I think it'll be a game. It just comes down to a touchdown. I don't think we'll really see a lot of field goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the Titans deciding how much they want Derrick Henry to have the ball. And I think when you're playing against Frank Wright and Carson Wentz, you realize that the key to winning that game is probably making sure they're not on the field. And so when you have a guy like Derrick Henry who can just mole his way to 10 yards on first and second down on every drive, you know, I, th- I think no matter who the offensive coordinator is, and, yeah, they don't have Arthur anymore. He's now coaching the Falcons. Yeah. They'll probably go back to just giving Derrick Henry the ball. They'll probably use different formations, so it's not as obvious, um, you know, especially now that they have both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the offense is going to change that much from last year to this year now. I'm no. starting to realize that they're just going to give it to Derrick Henry again. Like, why not? Why not let him have his 2,000 yards rushing? If the defenses are now going to be forced to either double cover wide receivers or put an extra guy in the box between Derrick Henry, it's a lose-lose situation. And I think now Mike Vrabel is just taking advantage of that uh, as a head coach. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Colts' side of the ball a little bit. The Colts are such a weird offensive team to me because they 
we come into the year and the narrative is Carson Wentz is going to be behind this great offensive line, right? And I understand that the Rams' defensive line led by Aaron Donald is one of the best in the NFL. I understand that. But, man, it just seemed like he was pressured on every single play when they were down in the red zone. Well, in all fairness. I know it's Aaron Aaron Donald. Donald. I know. It's just like – and even Quentin Nelson did play, who was probably the best lineman in the NFL hands down, right? Yeah. And then we go back to Philadelphia. Philadelphia's offensive line is one of the best in the league, right, when they're healthy. And then when Wentz is in there – the offensive line just kind of falls apart. So I'm starting to just think that Wentz just doesn't have good pocket presence or pocket awareness. And he's making the Colts line and the Eagles line just look bad because their line doesn't look bad. Like the Eagles line doesn't look bad, you know, with Jalen Hurts back there. And it didn't look bad last season with Phillip Rivers, who's even more immobile than Carson Wentz, right? So... I'm thinking that this is just a Carson Wentz problem with the offensive line. I think he's just making them look worse than they are. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I can maybe I'll see the like the PFF grades or something eventually to tell me like if this offensive line is just not playing good this year. I mean, they got Eric Fisher at left tackle. I would think that was an upgrade from what they had. It just it's so mind-boggling to me how bad this offensive line looks and, you know, and the narrative going into the year was Wentz is going to be behind, be behind a great offensive line. So it, right. it's just strange to me. I, I think what we're seeing Colts-wise is um, there's op- opposing teams don't really respect their receiving core that much. You know, it used to be a really big deal that you had to stop T.Y. Hilton. But when we watched the Rams-Colts game... T.Y. didn't even have a catch in this game. I don't know if he played. Yeah, I thought... Um, I don't know. Uh, know. But Michael Pittman Jr. had a great game. He did. For the Colts, eight catches, 123 yards. Um, But he's kind of all they have. You know what I mean? And I think that's why he – one of the reasons he had a good game was because the Rams dared Carson Wentz to throw the ball sooner rather than later. And, you know, I think the offensive line's still good, but the Rams, they, they brought extra pressure. It wasn't just Aaron Donald and two or three defensive linemen. I mean throughout the entire league on Sunday, I saw quite a bit of corner blitzes and only like one or two quarterbacks picked it up. Not a lot. Well, corner, corner blitzes were, just aren't something you see a lot, you know? No. I know that when you go and you're like playing Madden, like, you know, you see it a bunch, but like, and realistically, a lot of these teams just kind of stick to dime because it's a passing league. You want to have as many DBs on the field as possible, right? So, yeah, you know, I agree with what you're saying. It's just so like And Ryan, you like this. The one quarterback that did I that I did see pick up a corner blitz or even see it before like ten seconds before the snack. It was Teddy. Justin Fields. Oh, Justin Fields. He actually like like fifteen seconds before the ball was even snapped. He said, Hey, right tackle, you gotta get twenty something I don't even know, it was twenty something. I remember something. that. And the corner but, wasn't even creeping. And yet, he wasn't no. even creeping it. He was just lined up over a receiver. His head didn't even turn. And Justin Fields like, oh, no, that guy's coming. And then sure enough, he was coming, and, and we're like, wow. So you got all these veteran quarterbacks who don't look last second to see that cor- corner that's already lined up on the C gap or D gap. But then you had this rookie quarterback 
who can see this corner who's lined up out beyond the ash, right right above a slot receiver who's not even looking at the tackle box, and he's like, no, that guy's coming. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, so dude. I a part of it is like, okay, respect to Justin Fields because he's definitely a soon to be QB one long term than we thought. He will be, right, hands down. But at the same time, it's like, so why aren't these veteran quarterbacks? Like, is it just because they had a weird COVID year? Is it, it just because it might just be because is it because now they're not used to fans and they can't hear that corner creeping? Or I think it's just because Carson Wentz is not a very good NFL quarterback. Maybe. And I hate to say that and kind of give up on the guy after only two weeks of football, and maybe he'll prove me wrong later in the season, but, man, he has fallen a long way from that MVP, almost MVP year, you know? Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it's weird. And I saw other quarterbacks do it too. I think Stafford took a sack, not seeing it. Russell Wilson maybe even took one against Tennessee. I mean, it happened across the league, but I was just surprised that there were a lot of veteran quarterbacks that failed to see it. And then a rookie quarterback which was a Chicago steal in the mid-first round, see something from a mile away. So I was just, I don't know. That being said, again, I'm predicting the Titans to win. I just think Tannehill uh, right now is just under their system, is going to be playing better at the quarterback position. I think Derrick Henry is going to make up for, you know, the lack that Tennessee doesn't really have the perfect offensive line, but they do enough. So, I mean, it's mediocre. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, Titans are favored by five. I'll, uh, I'll give them the, the win by a touchdown. I would take. I'll say. This. I would say under five. I'll I think this is going to be one of those games, and I know you know what I'm talking about. I'll say. I'll say it's either going to be twenty twenty one or twenty four seventeen. I'm gonna. Well, to I think it's it, one of those games. I'm. I'm gonna say like twenty four twenty two. Like it's going to be Close. so. Yeah, because it's just what happens when in the Colts and Titans games all the time. These teams are both I mean, very good rosters. It's a division rivalry, and they're two inconsistent teams. Yeah. That, I'm going to take the Titans okay. with the question mark next to it because <laughs> I just don't know it's about this It's the AFC South. It's okay, buddy. Yeah. Saints, who are 1-1, one one, traveled to Boston to take on the New England Patriots, who are also 1-1. One one. Foxborough? Whatever. Get it right, man. Respect yourself. Yeah, oh. it's in Massachusetts, but get it right. Whatever. They're, they're Boston. We I pick them. Patriots. I'm not even going to hesitate on this. If James, if the 2019 James Winston is here to stay, then that means he's got to play against Bill Belichick at Foxborough with Mac Jones, who's been playing good these first two games. And the fact that the only reason they're not 2-0 and is because Damon Harris fumbled the ball. That's a player I want to talk about. And then he bounces back, by the way, and runs over 50 men to score a 35-yard touchdown against the Jets. Uh, yeah, that that is who if I. If he keeps playing like that, and then Mac Jones just keeps doing his job and it gets better, I mean, are we really gonna say the Patriots are gonna lose to the Saints? Patriots now? are only favored by three. They're favored though. They are favored. They are favored. Um, Damian Harris, I I have been on the Damian Harris hype train for the longest time. Last year, um, he didn't get the touches as much as you would like. Um, but this year, he is doing the most with what he is being presented with. And Belichick has had no choice but to make him the primary back. Um, usually see, you know. I'm used to seeing like, you used to see like 17 freaking running backs. Yeah. Like, Those I'm, guys I'm are used on. to seeing like four or five running backs do something either at the same time or on the different plays. Like it's, it's weird. But like Belichick – 
even when he had Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski on the same team, they were all about having, you know, eye backs and pro formation. And I mean, they were the one team that nearly ran split backs, like a good percentage of the time, not just like the one weird time, like on a weird second and log or something. Yeah. So in week one, basically all the snaps and rushes um, were pretty much even across the board. So you saw James White, you saw Damian Harris, you saw Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson didn't get a carry this week. Damian Harris led the backfield with 16 carries. James White only had five. Granted, James White did more in the passing game. He had six catches in this game. So, And we knew that's what James White was, right? He's probably the best receiving back in the NFL besides Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. Damian Harris averaging four yards a carry. He had 62 yards, 16 carries, had the run of the day over the entire Jets defense. This is an elite running back, and people need to start taking notice. Yeah. If for some reason Darian Harris is not picked up in your fantasy league, what the hell are you doing? Go pick him up now. Right. Um, I'm starting him this week. Last, last time I checked, any running back from the University of Alabama is a good running back. Last yeah, exactly. Time I yeah. Just bring it out there. Um, yeah, but... Uh, Damian Harris has, is elite. He is. And I think with the Saints defense, we might see a little bit more of the uh, of the uh, the spreading of touches amongst these running backs again. Just because the Saints defense is not afraid to play more honest. We'll see, man. Um, the, the way the trend is going... Damian Harris is still have a game. And really, when you have a rookie quarterback, you do rely on a, on a really good run game to kind of make everything else work you know matt jones he's definitely gonna be doing a lot of short throws whether it's off the play action or if it's just a check down on a standard pass so damian harris he's still gonna get his touches he's still gonna be laying the foundation to the offensive production for new england i think you're gonna see more of damian harris this week granted the passing isn't gonna be there like it is with james white but the fact that he belichick has already eliminated ramondre stevenson from the game plan after one week of football he he knows who the best running back on this team is. It's Damian Harris, and you know me. I'm the running backs don't matter guy, but well, it's always exciting to have he, that one running back that he's can keep a, a defense honest. He's and a I special think, player, and I think yeah, after how Damian Harris played against the Jets, Belichick's probably excited to say like, hey, thank goodness the one year I have a rookie quarterback, I have a running back that's going to force the defense. Well, he has two. I mean, James White's no scrub either. No, he's not. He's the but, best receiving back in the NFL, not named Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. But, like, you know, run so. game-wise, he's like, I have a guy who's going to actually force these linebackers to stay in the tackle box to force a strong safety to come in every now and then. Like, it allows him to be a little bit more versatile offensively. He's mm-hmm. not stuck. So, are we both taking the Patriots? Are yep. you going to go – would you say over or under three points? Uh, I would say over, I think. I think it's going to be more than three. Um, yeah. Because if Jameis is doing this – I'll bad. If James is doing this it's bad weird. against Carolina, it depends on what James Winston comes in. I know, but if he's doing this bad against Carolina, this is the Patriots, man. It's yeah. the best secondary in the NFL, even at without England, even without Stephon Gilmore at New England. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll say plus three. All right. Now the ugliest game of the week. Oh yeah. The zero and two Falcons or the zero and two Giants. Um, one team's going to walk out of here with their first <laughs> win of the season. Ah. Uh. I, I have a take here. I feel I like think it should, should be the Falcons. Yeah. However, this Giants team found a way to produce against Washington's defense. They 
obviously lost to Denver, but Denver has one of the better defenses as well. Atlanta's defense is not that good. No, it's really bad. And so it's probably the worst defense in the NFL. This I think. is one of those games that will probably be another shootout. Are you taking the Giants? I'm gonna say Giants are favored in this one by I was three points. Say, I think the Giants redeem themselves, and they win. And it should be a shootout. I think they'll win thirty-three to thirty or thirty to twenty-seven. Something, something in those lines. So the Giants are favored at home by three. Um, I'm gonna go with the Falcons. Are you gonna take the Giants? You're take- you're behind two games, by the way, for me. So that's fine. I'm not trying to catch up to you. I'm just trying to make this interesting. And, and the Giants are due for a win. Okay. And the Falcons are the one team that sometimes loses games. They're the one team that actually loses games that they shouldn't and win games that they shouldn't. Yeah. So I'm gonna say the Giants on this one. I'm going to take the Falcons. I think that they well, – got a veteran quarterback who is probably going to end up being a Hall of Famer who – Oh, I love Matt Ryan. Yeah. And I just like him more than Daniel Jones, obviously. Daniel Jones is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, last week against Washington was actually his first game in his career without a turnover, interception, or fumble. So, you know, good for him. It took him three freaking years to <laughs> have a game without a fumble or a – Interception, which is, I think is insane. Um, any other quarterback would get completely scrutinized, but because the Giants and you know, you know how Giants fans are. It's a messy game. I'm just gonna pick the Giants. I, I think this is the the one game where the Falcons are upsetted, and then then Daniel Jones just either takes advantage of a weak Falcons defense, or Saquon just comes up and actually plays a really good game yeah Saquon has not looked good for the first two weeks of the season he had a couple good runs against Washington we kind of we kind of knew that though coming into the year is going to take him a while to get back into the groove of things you know so barely avoided Chase Young by the way who weighs 265 pounds yeah Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons you're going to take the Giants there Cincinnati is one and one traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the one and one Steelers Big Ben's hurt. Oh, I hate this. Oh, Big Ben's hurt? Uh, he hurt his pec, toral, muscle. Um, I believe he's going to play because Big Ben always plays through injuries. Um, Deontay Johnson out this game. I don't know how, when, he, when what the timetable is. Steelers, the Steelers' offense can't really move the ball. Unless they give it to Najee Harris. And even then, it's not like... I think that Najee's touchdown that he had in this game got called back, so... Yeah, off a penalty. Um, Najee only had 38 yards in this one, which is... He should have had more. I mean, did you see how he just threw a Raider? Like, he just grabbed him by the throat, threw him away, and then... He he averaged little under four yards a carry, only had 10 carries for 38 yards. I think that's more due to the fact that... He should have they were, more. I think they're just trying to... They were. I think they were well, They were trailing in this game for most of the time, and they need to pass to get back into it, right. which is my reasoning for why the, they he's not getting the touches you'd like. Um, they're trying to still be a one-sided offense, and I don't like it. I mean, Steelers football has always been about being physical, especially when they were winning a lot of games and competing for the Super Bowl, going to the Super Bowl, winning Super Bowls. It was always about having a running back that was either just hard to tackle or that you needed that extra guy to come down like you they needed a 
above average running back and use that above average running back. You well, got Najee Harris, who is well above average at running back, by the way. Yeah, he is. He's he's like one of those running backs you actually just don't miss in the draft. Like if you get him, it's a good pick, whether you need him or not. And they definitely needed him, but I think they that their offensive line is just super. They're not using him enough. Bad. That too. Um, I mean, they're they're this definitely is, already missing Villanueva. This is two bad offensive lines. Um, and I know Burrow is probably the better quarterback at this point, but you cannot expect the Bengals' offensive line to hold up against the Steelers. No, I don't expect the Bengals. I, I the Steelers. Should win. I'm gonna take and the I'm Steelers. Gonna take the Steelers. I'm gonna take the Steelers barely. I think this is a very close. I game. I think it'll be a weirdly close game, and it shouldn't, but it will be. Don't. Say, I wouldn't say it shouldn't. the The spread is only. Uh, f- the Steelers are favored by four and a half, mm. so it's a very close game. Um, I would take under four points. I think this is gonna be like a one point, two point field goal game. I'll, I'll, I'll take over four, but it's gonna be like. Five or six, not seven. Okay. Um, we're both taking the Steelers, though, right? Yep. Last of the Sunday morning games, Ravens at the Detroit Lions. The Ravens are one and one, coming off an upset over the Chiefs. Ravens and the Lions. Ravens. The, the Lions are zero and two. Uh, I want to talk about the Lions' defense because we watched them last night. Uh, as of the time of this recording, they were doing okay first half. I'm not gonna lie. They were the Lions' defense is just so slow and unathletic and super basic. Yeah, um, they ran nothing but cover two, and when they went out of it into cover one, man across the board, Devontae Adams killed them. Yeah, so and Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones. Yeah, had a great game last night. Um, the Ravens are an interesting team because they have 15 players on injury reserve right now. Um, now, whether these guys get healthy and are ready later in the season is it to be determined, but. The fact that they are playing as good as they are right now with all these players out and hurt is very, very intriguing to me because if you can get all these players back and integrated in the offense, they could be a very, very sneaky good team later in the year and come postseason time if they can get healthy. Obviously, a lot of these players are out for the season. All their running backs, Marcus Peters. Um, I would look for the Ravens to potentially go out and sign a corner like uh, Richard Sherman. There is an NFL team that did call Richard Sherman, by the way, that we are going to talk about in a little bit. Um, I'll let you take a guess who that is once oh, we get yeah, there. I, I read the report. I don't know why I can't think of the team. Anyway, so we're both taking the Ravens by is about it Tampa a, Bay. Yes, Tampa Bay called Richard Sherman. That's right. Uh, of course, because of course they did. Of course, because you know how's Tom Brady going to win his eighth Super Bowl ring if he doesn't have all the veterans? Yeah. You know, bring me another guy that was a Pro Bowler between 2000 and yeah. Bring me another Hall. Bring me another Hall of Famer. Bring yeah. Bring me another guy that will probably went be a Hall of Famer sometime in our life. He will be a Hall of Famer. Um, so we're both taking the Ravens right by 100. I don't really want to talk about the Lions. No. You know what we can't talk about? We can't talk about Pat McAfee. Um, Loved it last oh night. Oh my he was goodness! Awesome. Thank, thank you, Paint Manning and Omaha Productions for. One, having your own ass prop. I don't even know what's the word here, but for their own version of Monday Night Football. It's so much better than normal broadcasting. And for two, bringing guys that even ESPN may have been a little hesitant to get on that show. Because ESPN made it awkward Pat, with Pat McAfee. Yeah, they don't let... They made it awkward with him. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Pat McAfee is probably the greatest YouTube podcast show in America and... 
He has weekly guests, obviously. ESPN employees basically aren't allowed to go on his podcast anymore. Yeah. So, And he even confirmed it on the show, which he, was hilarious. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, it is awesome. It, it's awesome. And I'm going to watch every single Monday Night Football game that Peyton and Eli do. And me and you are going to watch it on mute when they are not doing it. Because I don't want to hear these guys anymore. Yeah, I don't. I. It's. it's yeah, I like. I'm. I'm I don't know, like the Monday Night Football, the regular Monday Night Football commentary is not bad, and it's gotten a little bit better. Yeah, since Booger, McCor- hard, since Booger left, it's not It's, it's hard to just, again, just like, the way I want to watch football now is the way Paint Manning shows it through Omaha Productions. And, like, there's very few and guys, while you're watching it, you're learning so right? much. Like, there's right? very few guys that I, like, enjoy listening to when they commentate on a football game. Jim Nance, Gus Johnson. Al Michaels. Tony Romo. Tony Romo, like, already went there with Jim Nance anyway in the booth. So, like, yeah, that's fun. But, I don't know. My my football, I I think they're still working on getting their guys. I know initially they want to get Peyton Manning as their guy guy. Yeah. But it just didn't work out. And, I don't know. But Add add Romo and Collinsworth to your list. I know they're color guys, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, either either way, like, thank you, Paint Man. That's all I gotta say. Thank you for and Eli. Having... Can't forget about Eli. Yeah, Eli's actually doing really good. I've been watching some of his stuff too on uh, the like the ESPN Plus and stuff. Like uh, his uh, Eli's places, which is just Paint Paint's places spin off of with college football. Mm-hmm. It, it's getting pre- it's it's pretty good. The episode with Saban's great. Yes, I love the Saban episode. He he has these weird dad jokes in the end. But it's okay. Okay, back to the NFL universe. Yeah. We got a little distracted. Let's, let, moving on to the Sunday afternoon games, the 0-2 New York Jets traveling to Denver to take on the 2-0 Denver Broncos. At Denver, mile high. Yeah. So oh, Denver. I Denver don't, by 10, at least. Uh, let, me check, let me check Zach what the line Wilson is. Wilson might bounce back and have a... You said by 10? Yeah. The line is 10 and a half. Oh, wow. So you're right on the nose right there. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, I sound professional when it's yeah. near that marker. So the Denver defense has been dominant this season, but they haven't really played anybody, and I expect the dominance to continue against the Jets, who are not good whatsoever. Even if Zach Wilson gets a QB rating over 80, it's, I still favor Denver. Through four picks against the Patriots, I expect more of the same against this Denver secondary, who's very good. Patrick Sertan came away with the pick. Um He's awesome. I'm a big Patrick Sertan fan now. Yeah. Um, I still wish they took a quarterback, but, you know, I'm Denver living. Denver at least by 10. Uh, there was an interesting conversation that I wanted to have about Denver. Um, so Teddy Bridgewater's kind of balling out right now, just doing his thing, averaging about 260 yards a game, two touchdowns. He's playing so good. He's playing very solid. And it raised the question for me, why can't, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, there's a lot of Denver Bronco fans that are split on whether they wanted Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. I was on the Teddy Bridgewater side because I've seen enough of Locke. I've seen two years of him. He hasn't been good at all. He's had one good career game, and that was against the Carolina Panthers. Um, why can't Teddy Bridgewater come into Denver with all these weapons surrounding him? He's playing this good without Jerry Judy, mind you, who is out for at least half the season. Once Judy comes back, the offense will be even better. Why can't Teddy come in and have a Ryan Tannehill-esque career revival? Teddy's only 28 years old. He can't. Why should Tannehill, he? Tannehill, that's not? what I'm saying. Why shouldn't he? Because Tannehill, 
he was good up until Adam Gase got in Miami, right? And then Adam Gase kind of ruined him, as he does with everybody. He ruined Sam <laughs> Darnold. We know that Adam Gase is the worst coach in possible, possibly NFL history. But it's, it's um, all about the right systems. It is. Teddy Bridgewater this season is under the right system and part of the right team, which has a good defense on the other side of the ball, mm-hmm. and so it allows him to not be on the field as much, you know, because you know the defense is doing their thing. And then offensively, he just, you know, he drives down field. He doesn't have to throw the ball 500 times because he's got all these weapons in both the backfield and in the perimeter. They're, they're allowed to get a little more creative. And then Teddy Bridgewater himself also brings more creativity to the offense. Because Drew Locke, he can move his legs, but he's not mobile. He's not super mobile. He's not a guy you'd run the read option with. Well, he sucks. I mean, Julak just wasn't good, well, right? So Bridgewater, Bridgewater he's mobile, and then on top of that, he was a good thrower of the football. We've he, seen what Bridgewater's done in the past. He was. He made good throws at Louisville. He made good throws in Minnesota. He was good he with good Minnesota. Throws. Even when he was on the Panthers, he made some good throws, right? Yeah, he was just. There was some hesitance about if Sam Darnold was the upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater or not. Because Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater when he left – Still wasn't seen as like that bad of a quarterback. So no, there's a reason. All his weapons and it's like, mm-hmm. hey, he's doing his job. He's throwing to the right guys. I'm the hoping. Right time. I'm the hoping right that. Yeah, I'm hoping that Ryan Tannehill, or Elliot, or Teddy Bridgewater does have a similar career arc to Ryan Tannehill because this Denver defense and this Denver offense, they have enough good players around them to where you can make the playoffs with Teddy. You can get into the competition. And once you're in the competition, once you're in the postseason. It's anybody's game. We've seen it before, right? Right. You've seen a very bad Denver team or a very bad Denver offense get carried by a defense to a Super Bowl against MVP Cam Newton, right? So it's it's not impossible. I'm not saying it's plausible. I'm not saying that it's po- that it's going to happen, you know, but he's playing good. As of now, he's playing really good. He's playing really good, and they're putting the teams that are bad in their place as bad teams. They're not keeping up close with them. So it tells me that they're going to be able to compete against the the other average teams in the league and that they'll able to at least keep it close with some of the good, good teams. And Well, we're going to see. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the NFL League is that wide open and actually can compete and stay at at least number two in the AFC. We're, we're going to see know. what kind of team Denver is in week four. But against the Jets, they're going to end up. Yeah. At least. By 10. Week four, they play the Ravens. So we're going to see. That will be the, the they're game playing that determines in, how good they really are. They're playing in mile high, too. So that, if, there's, the if there's any chance to come out and show that you're a real legit team, it'll be at home against the Ravens. That's the game that's going to defy how wide open the AFC is. Uh, would you say Denver plus or minus 10? Plus 10. Plus 10? Plus okay. 10. I'm not giving the Jets any hope. Okay. I'm going to take the Broncos, too. Um, next game, the one and one in Miami Dolphins traveling to Vegas to visit visit that brand new beautiful stadium against the Raiders, who oh, are somehow two is, and zero. Oh. This is the game that's going to be fifty fifty, and one of them is just going to choke it. And well, two is out. Two is out. So the Ravens are the Ra- the Raiders are favored by four points in this one. Um. Two is out, Brissett's in. They couldn't score a single point against the Bills. Um, the Raiders' offense has been very, very good this season against good defenses, mind you. The Ravens and the why. Steelers' defense. I can't tell you why. The offensive line is not 
is not even as solid as it was last year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, we got younger guys now I, running it. I think that the biggest difference... We're the lacking biggest, veterans. We're lacking pro bowlers on the offensive line. The biggest difference this season for the Raiders is the defense. It has looked somewhat solid this season, and... We definitely addressed secondary. I mean, hell, we drafted, what, three, four safeties? Yeah. Um, Max Crosby's been playing great. You got Yannick Ngakwe on the edge. Casey Hayward's now in here from the Chargers. Um, they're playing Jonathan Abram as a linebacker, which he should be playing. Right. So the fact that they're holding Baltimore to 27, they're holding the Steelers to 17, and they're putting up points against these two good defenses tells me that I should this should – the Raiders. I'm picking the Raiders – but this is to me. This is this the ultimate trap it's, game because the Raiders do is. this every single season. That's why I said the first half of the season they, they look great. The second half of the season the Raiders suck. And think how so, they choked Miami last year. I'm gonna take the Raiders, but this is the ultimate I'm trap so game. I'm scared too, but I, I. If you are a betting man, I'm gonna let the Raiders fan decide and say the Raiders. If you're a betting man, and I'm do not say, do not bet on this game. No, I'm not betting, but no. I'm going to say the Raiders. I'm just going to let the fan in me just let them be let let myself be happy that they got these wins and see if they actually last or not as a considered decent team. Yeah, and maybe maybe Josh Jacobs will be back this week. They did that to steal to the Steelers without their best running back. That is true. Okay. Who I've Raiders. called Josh I mean, hey, I've called Josh Jacobs in the past. I've said repeatedly to you he is a top 10 running back in the NFL. Gruden just doesn't use him. The Raiders, physical talent is unbelievable. Raiders under 7.5. Well, I would take over four points. The spread's four. I would take over four. Uh, the Buccaneers are 2-0 at the Rams, it's who are 2-0. This is going to be a great game. I mean, the Buccaneers' secondary is not that solid, as hinted by the fact that they were talking to Richard Sherman to try and solidify that a little bit more. And then this Rams offense, I mean, they're clicking. I, I think they lost uh, D. Henderson this week. I don't think they're going to have him playing in the backfield, but they still have Sony Michelle, so he'll probably get the touches. Yeah, Daryl Henderson's out. Um, yeah, Matthew Stafford. With this one of the better receiving cores now in this league. This is a potential NFC Championship preview right It does. It, it really does, actually. Peyton, or. And this is in LA, right, SoFi? Yes, it's in LA. Um, I'm going to take the Buccaneers. In this one, uh, Brady has nine touchdowns through two games, the most in his career. This is reminding me a lot of Peyton Manning's this is scary. first year in Denver when he threw for 55 this touchdowns. Is, this is you know either, what I'm talking about? Yes. So I think that this is going to be Brady's best statistical year ever. Um, I had him as – it? it is. I had him as my MVP. Um, this game's going to come down to whoever has the – Ball last, basically, I think. And knowing what, the, knowing Brady, I can't, I can't bet I'm, against Tampa. I'm Bay. taking the Bucks. I can't. If um, I'm wrong, the one man who is somehow being a better quarterback at 44 than he is at 22 is terrifying. The, and so the fact that their offense is completely stacked, yeah, their secondary is a little thin, but the rest of the defense is fine. I just can't bet against Tampa Bay right now. And I want them to lose a game eventually. The Rams are favored by one point. One point, yeah. Of course it's one. <laughs> so, well, okay, 51-49, really? You're gonna, those are the ESPN odds we're getting right now? 
These yeah. odds are coming from I'm the Buccaneers. Uh, I do think it'll be a relatively close game. I think it'll be somewhere between three and five points. But yeah, I just can't bet against Tampa Bay. I can't. The Rams still playing somehow in his prime, still playing, somehow playing better than how he was when he was half his own age, and the rest of the team is solid. And you can't defend Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown at the same time. You can't. And you have the greatest quarterback of all time who can figure out who is, which of those four he's going to throw to in less than two seconds. The Rams are favored by one. The odds are actually coming from the athletic.com, just let yeah, you know. They'll probably just choose the guy that's not going to get covered by Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks in this one. I think that they're the best team in the NFL, obviously. But if there's a game that they're going to lose on their schedule, it's going to be this one. You're on the road versus another top NFC contender. Um, potentially. A Super Bowl contender. Yeah, potentially. potentially. They could host a Super Bowl. Yeah, they could, huh? It's in L.A. It's in L.A. Yeah. It's all about hosting Super Bowls now. Tam Bay did it. Yeah. Just saying. The Buccaneers are just too good. Yeah, I'm not betting against the Buccaneers. The Seattle Seahawks are 1-1 taken on the 0-2 Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Seahawks will bounce back. Yeah, this is a battle of the teams that are trying to bounce back. Seattle basically gave a win to the Titans in the second half. The defense for Seattle is very inconsistent. It looks very dominant at times. It looked dominant in the first half. They were up... I think it was twenty-three to nine in the first at halftime. So I think here they'll actually force Kirk Cousins to throw because that was always the the big difference for Kirk Cousins, especially in like primetime games and like during wild card and stuff. It was like, can you force Kirk Cousins to be clutch when it matters the most? Because he can make drives in like those like random games, but against the Seahawks, even at an afternoon game, can Kirk Cousins throw the ball? late in the fourth quarter. And so I think Seattle's going to play more aggressive, play a little bit more press against Thielen and Justin Jefferson, and Jamal Adams is going to be playing where the heck he wants to play at. Yeah, I think the Seahawks kind of bounce back. Uh, the Vikings' kicker woes continue. That too. Usually the kicker, uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, usually the the offense for the Vikings is pretty great. and It, it was it – was, it was good versus Arizona. Arizona kind of gave them, you know, chances to come back because Arizona plays a very sloppy brand of football. But um, I think this is going to be a good game. I don't think that Seattle's going to come in here and walk all over them. No, I think it'll Seattle's be a only bit favored. Back and forth. Seattle's only favored by one point. Really? Yeah, on the road. So it's definitely. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a close game. I think. Um, I just hope that Seattle doesn't have the same – the Seattle defense, I hope it doesn't have the same effect that it had on Derrick Henry on Dalvin Cook, where in the second half, the Vikings just get Dalvin Cook going, who's probably arguably, you know, he's arguably the best running back in the NFL. You can make that argument see, for about Seahawks five running backs, see, right? So see the Seahawks won't allow that because they already allowed Derrick Henry to do that last week. And, you know, the Seahawks offense, we know they're going to be great as usual – um, Russell Wilson, man, he just looks so good in this offense. Um, you know, I, I w- they were my pick to go to the Super Bowl. I didn't pick them to win it. I picked the Browns to win it. But Seattle comes in, and they're finally running a modern offense, and Russell Wilson just comes in. He looks great, as always. He has say in the plays. 
Um, I don't see if Seattle, if Seattle's defense plays like they can, and they they did over the second half of last season, I don't see a way that they are not in the Super Bowl. I I, I just like Seattle more than Minnesota in general, and so. I, th- I think Russell Wilson's the better quarterback. I think the offense, now that's a little bit more modern, I guess, or up-to-date, um, you know, it's just a lot smoother. And Russell Wilson now is able to take more command. He's got Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf, who you can't double-cover at the same time. It's just nearly impossible, and we've seen that the last two weeks. Um, the run game's easier to establish now that the offense is more up-to-date. And then defensively, yeah, they just look better. I mean, Dunlap looks better. Jamal Adams is able to make plays when it's needed you know it, it allows them to play a little bit more man coverage than they are than they initially were allowed to play last last year and i think that's going to be the difference when they play against kirk cousins because they don't want the game to be in Dalvin cook's hands they want it to be in kirk cousins hands that's how it's going to give them the win so yeah i still i think seattle's just the better team here rather they go that far in the playoffs go to the super bowl i don't know Again, I do like the offense is a little bit better. I do think the defense is a little bit better. But will they be able to compete in their own division? We'll find out. We'll find out. That whole NFC West is crazy. So but we're both taking the Seahawks. Seahawks. Uh, fly. Sunday night football, the Green Bay Packers in another primetime game. They're 1-1 one one, coming off a huge win over the Lions. This could be a really good game. At the San Francisco 49ers, who are 2-0. and um, They come off a very... Interesting game against the Eagles, which they won 17-11. to um, The injury woes continue for the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, Jermichael Hasty, three of their running backs got hurt in this game. So I have no idea what they have in the backfield, but to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter because the system's just that great. Um, it was funny to me that the, uh, you know, last week after the, Roger, after the Packers had that stinker against the Saints, there were legitimately articles going around and people going around saying that Rodgers should just quit football because he looked bad in that game. And then he comes out, Aaron Jones looks great, Devontae Adams looks great, the offense looks back to normal. Random Cobb had a few catches in this one. And the Packers are still not favored in this one, surprisingly. Um, Even though they're on the road, the 49ers are favored by four at home. I'm going to go ahead and go with the upset here. I'm taking the Packers on the road. Um, I think that Rodgers... Heard the noise. He's pissed off about it. I don't think there's any chance the Packers fall under 500. Man. Um, it's a tough one. It is tough. I mean, it's... Two of the top contenders in the NFC. It's in Santa Clara. The Niners are healthy. It's a primetime um, game. I don't know if that will it's, have any effect on your decision. They're, they're playing good football. And, yeah, the game against the Eagles was close. And, yeah, they let Detroit come back late in the fourth quarter. But... I mean, those were two games where they were sloppy and still got the win in a somewhat dominant fashion. And then on the other side, it looks like Green Bay figured it out after six quarters. I honestly I think mean, they that they were a mess against the Saints, and they were a mess in the first half against Detroit. That was their preseason game because Aaron Rodgers didn't play in the preseason, right? So that—that's my. Uh, I guess that was take Aaron Rodgers' like actual four quarters. I guess then I don't know. Yeah. So it's like okay. Green Bay offense in their prime versus a healthy 49ers defense. 
Yeah, what's, what's, uh, the, what's winning but the Niners' here? defense actually isn't healthy. Jason Verrett's out for the season, who's the, one of the best corners in the NFL when he's healthy, but he just is always hurt. He played all 16 games, I think, for the Niners last season. He was great, but the Niners are kind of weak at corner now. Um, you know, they still have Jimmy Ward and other dudes, but, like, it's just the injury bug is just starting to bite the 49ers again, and I just – I don't think the Packers oh, fall under five hundred. I'm. It's insane. I don't think the Niners or the Green Bay Packers they necessarily. I don't think by the end of the season they'll fall under five hundred. But at the beginning of the season, when your matchups are. Are you taking the Niners? I'm taking the Packers on the road. No, I'm taking Green Bay. I have just wow. I, I have too much faith in. Well, not too much, but just like. Aaron Rodgers is good. And now that we, <laughs> breaking news, Ashton says Aaron Rodgers no, is good. I know. Thank but, you, Mister Obvious. And now that well, I'm saying, now that Green Bay's giving him what he wants, listening to his input, they put Randall Cobb back on the team. So that tells me that Aaron Rodgers has more command of this offense. We're not going to be seeing Green Bay now punting or kicking a field goal on an important fourth down in the playoff game. We're now going to be seeing Aaron Rodgers picking the go-to route for Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones on a third down. Like, we're going to see Aaron, Aaron Rodgers have more command. And then Aaron Jones, I mean, just when he's in space, you're screwed. And so I don't think the Niners have a guy that will catch up to him. And so in this game, Aaron well, this- Rodgers has two solid receivers here. And then Randall Cobb, who's like – gonna be his like just check down guy who which that's how he was in detroit so yeah i just see aaron Rodgers if he has command and him and matt are on the same page throughout the entire night i I see green bay taking this one and i'll say they win by a touchdown i'll say seven i don't think it'll be higher than seven but i think around touchdown the philadelphia eagles are one and one. They're playing the Cowboys. They're playing the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, who are also one and one. Dallas is a field goal away from being two and zero. Oh. Yeah. Tampa Bay doesn't drive down the field in the last minute forty and make a field goal for the win. They are two and zero. Oh. They gave too much time. Yeah, but man, man, what are you gonna do? The Dallas, uh, we have picked against them two weeks. This week, uh, we are the same as Dallas when picking Dallas. That we are one and one. Um, can we just get the NFC East out of primetime games? <laughs> like, Please. Can we just get the Dallas out? Please. It's not even Dallas. I can handle Dallas in primetime games. You know, they got the good offense. They have Dak. They have Zeke. Tony Pollard looks great. CD, Amari. They have the offensive firepower to make games interesting. Why are the Eagles in primetime? The Eagles It's because they're hanging in there. Ugh. It's because they, they got a win over the Falcons, and then they got a, you know, they kept it close with the Niners throughout the entire game. And so it's like... Hey, maybe the Eagles aren't so bad after all. And let's just go ahead and schedule them with the Cowboys on primetime. And to be honest, I mean, if you look throughout the week's schedule, like, the only game that would probably be put in here instead of the Eagles-Cowboys Bucks-Rams. Bucks-Rams. Yeah. You know, and they're probably waiting because the Bucks and Rams are probably already scheduled to play in, like, five other primetime games. Yeah, probably. And if not, the Rams are going to be scheduled in, like, three or four more. No, they, they are. So um, they're probably just trying to, like, feed the other players. And plus, 
I mean, Jalen Hurts is playing good. Eh. Good. Not, like, great. He did not play good. very good against the 49ers. He, he wasn't. Even close. Uh, 12 for 23, 190 yards. That, that's all he had in that game. I, I don't think he played very good in that game. Um, I just think with the Eagles offense, there's only so much you can do. And the fact that Jalen Hurts at least keeps the team alive. I'm looking forward to seeing Trevon Diggs. Smith. I'm looking forward to see Trevante, Trevante, Trevon Diggs excuse me, against Devontae Smith. That's in probably this game. why the Monday Night Football thing is even there. You now have like all this young talent that's now going to be playing each other. You know what I mean? It kind of feels like an Alabama-Oklahoma game. It it does not feel like an Alabama. It doesn't to you? No, this feels like the Eagles who aren't very good, the Cowboys who we don't really know what they are yet. Uh, you know, I want to talk about Micah Parsons a little bit. He filled in for Demarcus Lawrence. He had eight pressures in that game and a Micah sack. Parsons is stud. He is an athletic freak, and they're just moving him all over the field and letting him do whatever he wants until Demarcus Lawrence gets back, which there's hope that he gets back this season from his injury. He can fill in right there. They don't need him to play linebacker. I mean, they have Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. He can I, play edge yeah. rusher. And he, I, ha- he played so good against a pretty good offensive line that is being rebuilt for the Chargers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, eight pressures and a sack, man. Micah Parsons is really Cowboys, good. I think the Eagles just won't catch up to Dallas. I think Dallas gets the win here. Probably, Dallas probably is, win by 10. Dallas is favored by four here. Um, I have the, give them 10. I have the Cowboys by 100. I think the Cowboys just blow these guys out to, on this game. Cowboys. Granted, now that I've predicted that, we all know that the Cowboys are going to suck and the Eagles are going to somehow upset them. Um, now that you said that and that this yeah. is still an NFC East game. It's an NFC East game. It's going to be back and forth. Because, you know, last time we predicted that an NFC East matchup would be blown out of proportions, all of a sudden it was 30 to 29. Yep. So, uh, yeah. We're both taking the Cowboys in that one. Cowboys. By 100. Either um, way, it's going to be a fun week three of the NFL. Yeah, it's going to be fun. fun. Uh, we still haven't figured out an outro, so uh, I guess we'll just see you guys next time. See you guys next week. Uh, Ryan Jones, Ashton Young is the Stampede Podcast. Bye. See ya.